You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Do you like comic book movies, particularly Marvel films? Because if you do, hi, my name's Ian. I hang out with Mitch. We take a journey into mystery every single Wednesday. You can watch us live. You can listen to us later in the car when you're by yourself and you don't want to tell people you listen to podcasts about Marvel movies. That's fine. No judgment. But we're here for you. We watched all the MCU. Now we're going through all the old ones. So buckle in. Mitch is going to take us there. Boom. That's your ad right there. shouldn't have said my social security number listen i mean on, only so many people are gonna have three sixes in a row Welcome back for another shift on the Geeks Watch. We are here and we're talking about Sweet Tooth Season 1, Episode 7. Bam, bam, uh, bam, bam. When Pubba met Birdie. Uh, was anybody else expecting a flashback episode? No. 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 But I mean, helpful. I, I, I'm guessing John accidentally saw forward and knew that it was going to be a flashback episode. Mm, well, I knew that Spurdy was going to be in it because I saw the credits and I was like, oh, oh, okay. But I didn't realize in what version, if it was going to be flashback or present time or flash forward or whatever. So. Well, yep, we definitely got some backstory to our young Gus. So we will get to that after we talk about our week's watch. But first, Steven has a role to do. Uh, I am not good at this. I do not recall that this is a thing I have to do yet. (laughs) All right. All right. So uh, today I am joined by the, like the base toting heartthrob of Yuma, Arizona, John. Hi, everybody. Okay, there it is. <laughs> I, I, I got really caught in there thinking, like, do I say axe? No, I won't say axe. Uh, and then the, the legal lady, Elizabeth. Hi. And then the, the masticating Mitch. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> what a descriptor. You know, when you said bass, I really thought you were just talking about the bass in John's voice. I didn't. And then when you said axe, I was like, what is he talking about an axe? Oh, no, you, now yeah, I, I get it. I could have said bass wielding like for voice for you. And I, I regret this. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to refer to like the level of my pH balance or something. <laughs> Honestly, I thought he was starting it off with just saying that I was basic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would never. I would never. I really have to remember this is going to happen and then put work into it. I mean, I do like <laughs> Uggs and Starbucks, though. So, <laughs> is, is that still you know, a relevant I, joke? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, no, this works. I would, I would, it still works. Although I, I'm trying to picture you in Uggs, and that just doesn't work. <laughs> I, I really hope, Stephen, one of these days you work it into a like a funk Master Flash style like rap. I can't promise that. <laughs> but you gave However, me ideas, though. Steven can bring in Funkmaster Flash and just have him do the 
Oh, that'd cool. be even better. I'm going to drop 150 <laughs> bucks on Cameo. You, you, can, you, <laughs> you can definitely outsource this, Steven. I'm behind this. I think I'm going to do it. <laughs> uh, all right. After that great funness, we're going to get into our week's watch. So, Elizabeth, what did you watch this week? So, as usual, I am way behind the curve because I don't tend to watch new things as they come out. I wait till I get annoyed with ads or people telling me (laughs) I'm supposed to have watched something. And then I just kind of go on a binge spree. So, uh, yesterday, by sheer happenstance... I ended up starting to watch Killing Eve, and I got through four episodes last night. Five. (laughs) Five episodes last night. Uh, And it's fantastic. And everybody who's been telling me for a solid couple of years that I need to go watch it, you were correct. (laughs) It's originally a BBC show, uh, eventually became a BBC and Amazon, not Amazon, but AMC show. Uh, so, and I have no idea what streaming service I was watching it on. Hulu. Hulu. Okay, I was gonna say because you had it open to something and I saw it and well, hit play. Speaking of never watching things that are new, it's because <laughs> you were watching Golden Girls on Hulu. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and then I said, "What are you gonna do for your week's watch?" And you're like, "I don't know." So then we found something. <laughs> and then I just kind of binged it. I kind of figured I'd watch like one episode of it, decide that it was too intense for me and turn it off. But uh, it it really hooked me. It really hooked me. Um, Sandra O oh does a fantastic job as Eve Pilastri, the main character. I assume everybody else here has watched it. I assume it's just me that's... I'm pretty sure nobody here has, else has watched I, I it. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I have not. Okay, has ever anybody else heard of it? Because it like yes. for years it's popped up on my Facebook feed. <laughs> it's won a lot of uh, prime time Emmys. Okay. Indeed, yeah, and we we talked about it last week. Well, we kind of talked or about week it before. It was the week before when uh, Jessica was oh. talking about watching the chair, which Whoa, also stars. That was me, sir. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yes. Stephen was <laughs> the one who said Jessica and I both needed to watch the chair. I thought. Okay. Sorry. Well then. Yes, <laughs> we talked about it a little bit when you brought up the chair. Yeah, which is a good um, season, by the way. Good. Well, she will get to that in three years. So, <laughs> I mean that, that. Yeah, that's bad on track. I mean, it's Killing Eve came out in 2018, <laughs> and she's now starting it. <laughs> wait till it's in syndication. That's fair. No, no, no. Wait till I get to have the answers because. Shows like this, when I have to wait for them to come out week by week, drive me insane. Which is um, why we are not going to end up watching the show that Steven's going to talk about in about three minutes. That's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first three are there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I manage. I manage with Ted Lasso. I manage. Yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> it just kills me in the process, so I can't do too many at one time. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a very purposeful. I have to watch and go through one whole thing and then move on. Uh, but in any case, uh, Sandra O oh plays a, uh, plays Eve Pilastri, who is an MI5 uh, security personnel. Uh, but she proves to have a knack for connecting all of the dots. And she ends up juxtaposed to a brand new assassin on the field, not brand new, but newly discovered. And they end up 
going tete-a-tete. So it's on Hulu. It's fantastic. Everybody who's been hearing about going to watch it should go watch it. I think it's wonderful. All right. Hmm. So the creator of the show is Phoebe Waller-Bridge. <laughs> uh, ah. If anybody else has watched Fleabag, I've watched the, the two seasons. That That is amazing. Uh, you might... John would definitely remember her as uh, Ellie, L5. Uh, Lando's computer. Ah, oh, yes. L7. Yes. L7. Really? <laughs> L7? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, the Millennium Falcon. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, that was, she was the voice of L7. And I think she is going to be in something or write something for marvel here soon that sounds right yeah she's she's on like a like a meteoric trajectory right now yeah which is a weird term that we use because meteors come down but whatever (laughs) (laughs) but they come down from really high it's more comet like (laughs) yeah it keeps going (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh all right well killian eve Steven, what did you watch this week? So before I say what I watched this week, I want to make I want to issue a correction. Um, in the past, I had talked about us watching the series for Blind Spotting, mm-hmm. and while watching Blind Spotting, we kind of saw like an article or this or that kind of thing, uh, looking up some additional information um, that sent us off in a very weird mental space where we just filled in things, uh, and I had I had thought that the TV series was like a, a lengthening, like a deeper dive into the story of the film. The film is what happens before the TV series. Okay. And now I know that because we went and we watched that original movie now. Also fantastic. So um, I still highly recommend that. But I just had to make sure that anyone out there who might have been frustrated by me saying a thing that was wildly incorrect, <laughs> I, I know now. <laughs> I mean, not wildly incorrect. It was pretty bad. It was pretty wrong. <laughs> but I'm sure the two things still revolve around the same storyline, story plot. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. The the character from the first one, like uh, Divi Diggs' character in that one, we've heard his voice throughout the TV series. And so it seems like he'll be in season two, his character mm, from the film. It, gotcha. It's pretty interesting. <clears throat> but yeah, um, the thing that I watched this week that I wanted to talk about was a thing that Naima and I got in at a very timely point. Like basically when they got released, we sat down and watched it. Right. Wow. It was very odd. That does not happen often. But uh, we we watched the well, I watched the first episode. Naima watched through all of the episodes <laughs> that were currently available because they dropped three all at once. For the series, only murder or only murders in the building. Mm-hmm. Oh, I keep seeing ads for that. Yeah, it's very good. It's very very good. the The series stars uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short. So Steve Martin Short, um, and Selena Gomez of all people yeah. in this this comedy drama series. That's very. It's it's scripted very well. Anyone who's a fan of any dialogue like like that that's featured in like the West wing and stuff. This has that swing while not being that pacing, like the same kind of like setup, like someone tees up something. The other person will hit it out the park in a very good way at times. 
I, I, I enjoyed it very much. Um, they also, they also do a thing where there's so much more going on under the surface in a series that is the, the, the a plot of it is right there, but there's so many things in the B plots that I don't know if they would have needed to do, but the series is made much more rich for that. The whole thing for it is that there are these three people who all live in the same very exorbitantly nice building. And Steve Martin and Martin Short both got their apartments in this very nice building um, in New York for like back in the 80s or earlier when it would have been much less expensive. And mm-hmm. now, obviously, these are multi-million dollar apartments. Um, so they're in there and uh, Selena Gomez is in there for whatever reason we... We clearly find out, but I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. Um, she She's in one of these apartments as well, because there's no way that a person of her age would have been able to afford them by being like a normal person or anything. So there's a little bit of a mystery there. Um, I don't want to give away too much, but as a person who listens to podcasts, you listener... <laughs> And for us who listen to podcasts and make podcasts, I think there's an added element of interest in it because that is featured in there in certain ways. Wow. That's a very high recommendation there. Yeah. And it's more than I usually talk about a week's watch, I think, too. So I hope that that gives away how much I enjoyed it. Do you know how, how many episodes it's going to be in the first season? Looks like it'll be eight. Eight. Okay. Yeah. And so there's three of those out, and then it'll be weekly after that. Um, so in but, five weeks, we can watch it. <laughs> you, think, you think that you're going to be okay when they leave the first season at, at a cliffhanger? Valid. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything after that first season. Like, I don't know Maybe if there will be a second season. tell us in five season. weeks if we can watch it. Okay. <laughs> I, th- I think you should watch it already, personally. But yeah, it, it's, it's very good. I, I can't recommend it more highly right now. All right. Only Murders in the Building mm-hmm. is on. Is Hulu. it on? F, is it I only believe. on Hulu or was it on FX on Hulu? Couldn't tell you. I think it's. <laughs> I think it's only on Hulu. That's why they dropped three episodes. But mm-hmm. that would make sense. <clears throat> there you go on Hulu. John, what did you watch this week? So oh, I'm keeping I'm ten episodes. It says oh. the the only the latest one they have a release date for is the eighth, but it's ten episodes. Oh, okay, fuck me. Well, all right. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, okay, uh, I watched What If episode four. What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? Okay, so I don't. Stephen, have you watched this yet? Yes. Okay. Did Stephen Strange have a heart to begin with? Because I didn't think he did. He did, and you you see more reason why what they're talking about in the episode. Mm-hmm. Now you were two episodes behind Elizabeth, so I'm I'm guessing you don't really care about spoilers. Oh no, I don't care. So John, you can go ahead and spoil it, and anybody that does not want to can go ahead and skip forward to my week's watch, which will, will there be, be time in, codes for this? There are every week. Okay. Yes. Um, okay, so then if uh, we're not holding back on spoilers, uh, this was a, a what-if situation where instead of Stephen Strange crashing the car by himself, he had Christine Palmer with him. 
and she died instead. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, his heart was his love, and the trajectory is pretty similar. In which now, instead of focusing on trying to fix his hands, he's trying to learn the arcane arts to figure out a way to bring Christine back to life. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, this one takes a pretty interesting and very very dark tone well the last one had the murder mystery there was still a little bit of like i want to say some lightheartedness to it i mean like they were making some really interesting commentary about like thor smelling like lavender <laughs> which is that, was, was, that, it, was it yeah it, it was lavender wasn't it yeah yeah, like and like the scene ends with like Coulson taking like another deep sniff, and then it cuts to something else. So I was like, okay, um, and then it ends with Loki basically helping to stop the person that's murdering all of the Avengers, and then realizing like, hey, you guys are basically undefended now. I'm your ruler. So he was now the de facto ruler of uh, Asgard as well, and took over Earth. But I like how he did it. He didn't do it by trying to. Um, you know, open a sky portal and have like the Shatari army, you know, start destroying the city. He just basically rolls up to the UN and says, Hey, like, I'm in charge now. <laughs> so I, I liked his more diplomatic approach. Um, this one did not have lightheartedness. <laughs> like, this one goes dark and it goes very nihilistic. Um, but I like that about this episode, surprisingly, because it really is like a good what if situation because you don't always want to see a what if where things are like oh hey t'challa would have been star lord and everything would have been so much better like that can get kind of boring it's also good to see how shit can go really really wrong and that happens with this doctor strange episode where he basically starts amassing um just more and more power and then he starts to become essentially uh, like a warlock because he starts absorbing the magic of other beings to become more powerful. And then the plot twist was that the ancient one, uh, which I wanted to make a point now that I remember, this is the first what if episode that I believe uses all of the original cast for the main characters. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everyone uh, comes back to reprise their roles here. Um, and yeah, it just it's really interesting to see what a fully powered up and unhinged Doctor Strange would be capable of. Basically destroy the whole universe. <laughs> um, so yeah, he basically tries to find all these different uh, sources of power to get himself enough energy to be able to churn back time. I made a joke about this in our group chat saying that if you guys are fans of the Guy Pierce uh, time travel or a uh, time machine movie, you might get a kick out of the plot point in this one, which is that he keeps going back in time to save Christine, but she keeps dying a different way. Mm-hmm. And it turns out it's because her death is a fixed point in time, very Whovian reference there. And to undo it would basically be to undo reality. And he says, no, there has to be a way. So he does that. So the ancient one, splits the timeline so that there's a good version of, of Doctor Strange and a, the, this one that's become corrupted to put them against each other. But evil Doctor Strange wins, absorbs his like split version of himself, gains all the power he needs, brings back Christine, destroys reality, and basically brings her back just long enough for her to see the monster that he's become. 
Um, but my favorite little bit about all of this is that he becomes powerful enough that he can see the Watcher. Mm-hmm. And he asks the Watcher for help. And the Watcher actually kind of breaks his own rule and actually speaks to him and says, no, like this is your fault. This is what you get. And kind of goes away. And Doctor Strange is left alone in this little crystal bubble universe where it's basically just him. Um, and I think we're led to assume that that crystal becomes a new infinity gem, but I'm not sure because from what I understood in Guardians of the Galaxy, all of the infinity gems were left over to previous un- universes. So I was like, well, maybe this became a new infinity gem. And like, this is the kind of shit it takes to make one. Could be. But then we learned in Loki that infinity gems from other timelines don't matter. Well, in the TVA, yes. Outside like, of time. Yeah, outside of yeah. time. <clears throat> so this could be... I mean, that would beg the question then, if the Infinity Gems from our universe are left over u- remains of other universes, then obviously they still have power. They just, you know, have could to be. be found and harnessed, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just comic book, you know, Yep. canon BS that we could just debate forever and there's no right answer unless we talk to one writer and another writer might have a different answer so it's just yeah. fun let's not take mm-hmm. it too seriously um, and that was pretty much it that was kind of the only thing I really watched but it was a really like I said really dark depressing episode but that also made it really good also had probably my favorite animation so far because it was very fast paced oh. I disagree. Really? They did a lot of close-ups on Steven's face, and it was rough. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, uh, I guess the likeness. No, I know, but they haven't done the close-ups that much. Oh. Yeah, and it, it shows kind of the like the, the weakest parts of a mixed 2D style onto 3D animation. I think is it was done a disservice in this by some of the shots. Okay. Well, I wasn't paying too much attention to the face close-ups, but you're right. There was quite a few more in this one because I guess they were trying to convey the emotion of the character, which I do have to say, they definitely had a lot more pathos in this one episode than they did in the entire Doctor Strange movie. I don't know why that is exactly, but (laughs) it definitely came off more that way. Um, But yeah, I mean, this was a very interesting, very dark what-if episode, which is kind of what I feel the original version of what-if was supposed to be, or those tales to astonish, where it was like that one-off story that can just go like to places that you don't have to worry about the continuity because it's a one-off, but it was pretty well done. Only thing I didn't like is that it didn't show you anything about the rest of the Marvel Universe. It was very Strange-centric. So, like, you don't know how the other characters in this particular version of the universe dealt with what was happening. And probably got spooked a whole lot, looked around, and saw other people getting, like, goo-dusted. <laughs> I guess so. That, that, also, that's, that's all it looked like. Um, lawn gnomes are canon in the Marvel Universe, apparently. Yes, they are. Yeah, they are. <laughs> So I do have to say I, I really liked the design on, on Strange's new cape, like the one that he yeah. got from the Beetle. I thought that was pretty cool. That was cool. Uh, I thought it was interesting that we had a callback within this series because uh, the the first monster that he calls into this portal thing that he tried mm. to absorb is a, you know, it seems to me like the callback to the first uh, episode with the agent or Captain Carter. And Sir, Sir Tentacles. 
Sure. <laughs> and honestly, every so they've they showed that thing, and I think we've seen that kind of thing before in Marvel Comics. I think at least a couple of times. Every time I see it, I just think of the first Hellboy movie. Uh, oh yeah, I actually thought a lot about the first Hellboy movie with the Adrian Carter or Captain Carter episode also because it ends it ends in the castle. Uh, the Rasputin stand-in was opening a portal in which tentacles come out, kill him, and. Captain Carter fights off the monster with a sword that she found at the castle, much mm-hmm. like the first Hellboy movie. So I dug all of that. I love these Lovecraftian tropes. I love the Hellboy movie so much. <laughs> it's so good. So, and then the last thing that I was, I was wondering, in just thinking from the promos for this series, where you saw a certain team doing a certain the same thing that our, our original avengers were doing in the in their first movie uh makes me think that you know everybody's going to come together in like maybe the last episode of this season to fight off something but you would have to bring together things that were variants so to speak from mm-hmm. the timelines so well, the last episode would be the like the first episode would be captain carter the second episode would be uh t'challa Star Lord, and then third episode, I guess, would be Hank Pym crazy. <laughs> no, for that one, I think it would be uh, no, because they mention um, in that one the, the they have Captain Marvel and they found Frozen Cap at the end of it. So, yeah, but those aren't variants. Too. Like those, they, they are well, still the, the essentially the same. No, but 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 that whole universe is a variant. So technically, all of those characters, even if they're not the different ones, are still variants of our cinematic universe. True. Yeah, because Steve Steve would have come out earlier, or no later, probably. Well, it, it all happens in that week, according to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's hmm. true. I've never really paid attention to the timeline. I didn't realize that Thor was happening almost concurrently with uh, Iron Man 2. And <clears throat> Incredible Hulk. Yeah, it's yeah, all happening yeah. about the same time. But to your point, though, um, I suspect, I don't know this for sure, but this just seems like the kind of thing that they would do. The Watcher keeps insisting so much with the whole, I cannot, I will not intervene or something like that. He's gonna, at some point, he's like, I have to intervene. And he might be the one that brings together all these alternate universe characters for like one big team up. Well, I mean, they have to introduce the idea of the Watcher if they want to go with the... No, that's comic book spoilers for for the movie stuff if they hold to it. Never mind. Yeah. I don't want to spoil anyone for stuff. A watcher has never really been a good watcher. That's all yeah, I have to fair. say about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So what if episode four is on Disney Plus? Uh, this week I watched, well, I, I have, I've been watching, they've put out three episodes so far on stars, a new show called heels starring Stephen Amell. And, um, I don't know if I'm liking it. Like there's a lot of good potential there. There's a lot of, and maybe it's because I just hyped it up too much in my head, like thinking that it was gonna be pretty great. Uh, if anybody watched arrow, uh, when it was on. 
and followed Stephen Amell around, like you know that he's a big fan of professional wrestling to the point where he even got involved with WWE while doing while filming Arrow, and he's very close friends with Stardust. Yeah, Cody Rhodes. I think it's Cody mm-hmm. Rhodes. Uh, to the point where Cody Rhodes showed up on Arrow also. Um, but he, I assume he got this idea of starting this show where. Uh, they are a hometown kind of wrestling league where everybody in the town kind of comes to the show and watches. And uh, it's a family thing. It was passed down from his dad to him. But he also has a little brother. And the show very much becomes about the little brother, which is played by Alexander Ludwig, I believe is the actor's name. Uh, if you don't know his... Uh, it is his name. You you know his face. Yeah, Alexander Ludwig. He's been in a lot of things. Uh, he was in the first Hunger, Hunger Games, I believe. Um, so he uh, he is basically the golden boy of the of the league. Uh, he is very much a face. And the funny thing is, is that they talk about this a lot. They talk about the the behind the scenes stuff of wrestling in the show, like. How you know a lot of it is scripted, uh, you know the the fall the hits are real, the the falls are real, but it's all you know it's stagecraft, it's all scripted and stuff like that. And he's a he's a face where his brother Stephen Amell, who writes all the scripts, are, is a heel, and he loves being a heel. <laughs> but the thing is, is that like they have to keep up that persona so much while walking around town because the town is so involved with the the show. But the brother's not really a good guy in real life. Like he's got a temper. He's very spoiled. Like it's just not really good. And the show becomes, I feel like it becomes way too much about him and how he doesn't really understand the business, but he wants the fame. And we're three episodes in and he's just now kind of realizing that something that happened in the first episode is, is not, uh, he's not able to come back from, so he has to change up the way he does things and he's not happy about it. Hmm. It's only eight episodes long. So I think that this show might have suffered at, from being a show that they were creating during pandemic. Uh, they, I don't think, I think their pacing of the storyline is for a much longer series, a much longer season, but the, there's only eight episodes, so it's going. I feel like it's going to end, end very abruptly, and the hopes is that they're going to get a second season. I'm, I don't believe I've seen anything saying that they've already gotten that second season, but I think the hopes is is very much that way. So I don't know if I'm going to be happy at the end of the first season. Mm, I got you. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. Did it, he seems like he's uh, he's had some stuff where he's popped up in the social media news recently. Stephen right? Amell? Yeah. Oh, I I don't know. Did is is he is should I not be watching his show? No, 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 no. No. He he said he was like drunk on a plane and got in an argument or whatever with his wife and got kicked off the plane. I oh. Guess. Okay. Yeah, a little while ago. So now he's going around like saying sorry and saying I was drunk, you know. Uh-huh. That it wasn't even a thing between him and his wife. Um but I mean, that might be like talking about his um like 
past issue or whatever, I guess, however you would term that kind of thing, uh, might be in the process of courting that second season. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I had missed that. So that's interesting. Uh, like I said, I don't know if I like it yet. Usually by third episode, I, I want to have an opinion. And I feel like I might be holding on to this, sh- holding on to watching the show just because <laughs> I enjoyed Stephen Amell's Arrow, and I also had a history with professional wrestling, even though <laughs> I don't watch it anymore. So I will make it to the end of the first season and report back. Okay. That is all I watched this week. So uh, let's go ahead and get to Sweet Tooth episode six, seven. Sorry, uh, when Pubba met Birdie, and that's essentially what the title entails. It is the story of how Pubba met uh, Birdie. <laughs> it could have uh, also just been called the entirety of Pubba and Birdie's time together. Yeah. <laughs> really could have. <laughs> Which also makes me wonder, like, how did he get that picture of her at Red Rock? Like, he took the picture. Did he take it there? Like, when he picked it up, did he? I thought he put it back down. Well, she took it from him. My guess is he took it back. So that's kind of creepy. Yes. Maybe he had gone to grab. I, I, I kind of like. Mitch, if you've never stolen that. a girl's picture without her knowledge, then you've never truly liked somebody. I've never liked somebody. John, that is not acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never liked somebody. John, that I, is I very not acceptable like and this. very creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so we come to learn that uh, Rich, or Pubba's real name is Richard Fox. Um, is that not the name of uh, Morgan Freeman in the Batman movies? That's Lucius Fox. <laughs> okay, thank you. The whole time, every time you said his name, I was like, Morgan Freeman? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Birdie's actual name is Gertrude. She is a scientist, a geneticist that works at Fort Smith Labs. Uh, Pubba is a janitor who works at Fort S- Smith Labs. However, the questions that he was asking at the bar makes me think that he was more than just a janitor. And I al- honestly thought that he might have been like a corporate spy. I was thinking. Well, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you first. Uh, he explanation given is that basically he's got he's the standard I've got the brains to do it all but I just don't have the drive to do anything so I ended up as a janitor mm-hmm. that's the explanation but I, I don't know the it seemed it seemed more but it definitely doesn't mean it has to be more Mitch I live that life so it's very like realistic <laughs> oh I'm not saying it's not realistic I'm just saying in storms of storytelling and story writing like he yes. has more going on yeah, you don't set up that kind of thing in that unless you pay off for it real hard. Like the <laughs> line, the line that he says in there is a prime example where he says, um, "Like I, I could tell you the, the story word for word." He went and he wrote all those books later. Yep. For Gus, like there's a direct correlation for most of the things that they lay down. See, and I think the whole entire point of giving his character that over-exaggerated intelligence despite being just a janitor is a way to explain how he was able to take care of Gus and how he was able to do all of those things. Like it's, I don't think it's much so much a foreshadow as an explanation of what we've seen. Right. Where did he get the syringe things? 
So, we haven't yeah, seen we, that part yet. Yeah, we hadn't seen that part yet, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. Uh, obviously, a little bit of time had passed since yeah. when she gave him Gus, and he makes it to the Montana forest. To Yellowstone. To Yellowstone, Yellowstone that's yeah. right. <laughs> I think uh, that's, that's what they called it back before Yellowstone was Yellowstone. The Montana <laughs> forest. Seeing as Montana wasn't a state, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there was it's a little bit of time has passed, um enough to the point where the world has gone haywire. Haywire. Uh the world's uh, gone twenty nineteen. Uh, <laughs> obviously someone let whatever it was that she was doing as an experiment or working on the micro she was working on out and it infected people and started creating hybrids. Now, are we under the assumption that it's supposed to be one or the other? Yes. The experiment was supposed to do either you do the right thing and you make babies that are hybrids with animals or you do the wrong thing and everybody gets sick. Switch that around. Do the right thing. You get the virus, which means you can get antibodies and a vaccine. Or you do the wrong thing and you end up with a hybrid. The hybrid was the unintended consequence, not the intended consequence. But then I'll take this one. But like, so the the undesirable in this situation that would be that the undesirable outcome had a thing that you still liked. Okay, but if they did release the virus, then then we have a bunch of people that are dead. Yes, I think that's the someone virus, take that's the thing that she said would happen. Yeah, the virus isn't supposed to be released. So the way that you develop new vaccines frequently is you you have to first discover and develop the virus to then be able to combat it. So you're trying to basically predict what mother nature is going to do in the future. And yeah. so you have but you have to have virus to get a vaccine. Before before covid stuff happened, there are people like on videos talking about where the next like big virus thing was going to come from mm-hmm. and it was 100% talking about bats. <laughs> like, like it, it's like people track this stuff to be like essentially like virus futurists. Yeah, which is why she was saying that if it got out, if it fell into the wrong hands, it would kill ungodly amounts of people because the virus would be that deadly. You know, this brings up a new headcanon for me, and that the hybrids are the result of the people taking ivermectin to cure themselves of the sick. Uh. <laughs> I mean, it is. People are getting mostly horse ivermectin, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we find out that Bertie and uh, Pubba met in a bar, and... They, but they did work together, or at least work so in the same building. Birdie met Pubba in a bar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pubba met Birdie <clears throat> on the job. He liked her already. Oh, okay. He was probably drawing her. Yeah, he was yeah, 100%. drawing her. But no, a scientist, a scientist and a janitor walk into a bar. That's right. <laughs> did you take, the apocalypse. Did you get a good look at... Uh, Pubba's drawings, or is it just Jeff Lemire's drawings? I they did not look like the drawings from the comics to me. Okay, um, at least not from what I know of the art style. If there's other parts in there where they're supposed to have a drawing of somebody, and that's the drawing from there, couldn't say. But it didn't okay. look like the drawings from Sweet Tooth. 
so they talk to each other for the first time in a bar and uh, they hit it off. They make it back to Birdie's house. They're about to kiss and her phone rings. She finds out that the government has come to start taking her experiment away, taking all this, the, the work that she's done. Shut it down. Shut it down. Uh, I, I, I wish that kind of notification came in for that. <laughs> like, that's not how that would go in most situations. Well, the only reason she got it, the information is because Judy was there. And she, when it happened. Uh, that's true. she just happened yeah. to be there. And she also put the baby, Gus, in, into a closet, mm-hmm. uh, as what she said. That's another thing that's about the show. A lot of things just are too coincidental. Like, I know that's just kind of comic books, I guess. But the one picture that they have of Birdie is Red Rocks, which also happens to be in Colorado. But so is Fort Smith, where she actually worked. And then Goss Grove, yeah, where uh, she actually lived. You do realize that most of the pictures you take are from places you visit. And most of the places you visit are near where you live. I mean, I have pictures from us when we were in Las Vegas. That's six hours away from here yeah. driving. Four and a half. I'd like, it, I'd like, I'd say it's both. You have either pic- like a bunch of pictures from home or a bunch of pictures from elsewhere. <laughs> and if you're See, a full-time state-of-the-art Ferologist, you're probably not having lots of time to go on distant vacation. But they also, all they had was a picture where the word said birdie on it. And that's not even her real name. So they had to do a reverse image search to find her and get all that information. And I don't, I don't think that would have worked out. And they put in Red Rocks, Colorado, which wasn't even the right place. I don't think so. that would have worked out well at all. That's, no. that's one of the most unbelievable things in the whole thing. The idea of if this series happened in like the 70s or 80s and someone else took that picture, that could have 100% been the way that worked. Because we've all seen those family photo albums where the back of the photo has the most nondescript, like, <laughs> like it has the most like loose description of what's actually in the picture. No, I see, themer trunks full of those exact photos. Yeah. Here's, here's the solution to this. It turns out that after society collapsed, then all of the servers from like those Russian companies, they were stealing your face information with like <laughs> Snapchat and like all these other like face swapping type things. Like they just had this database of like all these faces. So they just put the picture in, scanned it until they found the match. And they're like, okay, this is her. And this is like all of that. her data from like her iPhone. <laughs> in in this situation, the thing that, that you're saying is basically there's like a, there's a version of that picture of Birdie where she's in that Red Rocks picture, and she's also singing the Numa Numa song and dancing. It's got the animated like dog tongue and ears that kind of like <laughs> flops out. <laughs> uh, and then, so they, they rush back to Fort Smith, and they, they go and find Gus, and uh, you find out that neither one of them is actually her, his parent so mm-hmm. to speak, not biologically at least, or I guess they could have used Birdie's egg, but we don't know that yet. Except for did you really, did, no, I just like, That's the part that egg. I had a struggle with. I was like, how do you get chicken eggs to I just assume give that you they, a deer human hybrid? I assume they just went and did human experiments. Like, yeah. They just haven't gotten I think, to that part yet. 
yeah, like something something happened and something overtook something else in an unintentional way, and it was supposed to like die in a petri dish as a collection of cells no bigger than a centimeter, you know, and then something changed. I, I will say, however, sense. I've I like the birdie's egg pun. Uh, <laughs> <unintentional>. <laughs> What's not intentional? <laughs> uh, she decides that she has to destroy all of her research uh, before anybody else can get to it. Uh, so he, Gus has to go off with Pubba. And, you know, that's the last time she sees the two of them. We get to Birdie's house in present time with Sweet Tooth, Big Man, and Bear. And Judy is living there. Uh, she is the only one that lives in the town. <laughs> Smoke is conveniently coming from the house that they need to go to. And she says, hey, uh, Birdie isn't here anymore. She went off looking for you 10 years ago. Haven't heard from her since. But the night that I showed up here, she nursed me back to health, essentially, because people came in, ransacked the house, and almost killed me. Uh, she then gives him a key to the attic. The attic has all the information of like, he is not a traditionally born child. And it was in, in like two, two boxes or whatever. The rest of the stuff, pretty standard attic, attic yeah. fair. And so I don't know how the hell they got to these two boxes. I would have looked around and been like, wow, I don't need a set of Encyclopedia Britannicas. <laughs> like, whatever. And yes, and also she had two the two boxes full of like hard copies of stuff, which I would, at this time... I would not have any hard copies of stuff. It just the, it would have been a, a a hard drive, external hard drive sitting there. And yeah. People would be like, "What do I do with this?" And I don't know. That and then like the report was like artfully put together. Like yeah. there was like like indents for pictures into the <laughs> columns and stuff, and like a graph was jutting into the text. Who did this? <laughs> Judy. Some over, overzealous, like an overzealous person who didn't want to be doing this job, but like is real good with the Microsoft's office suite. Like, what is this? Hey, those people with art degrees have to do something. You know? I, I embody the statement. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, my office keeps a paper copy of everything. Well, you guys are required to, right? Legally, no. Interesting. But mm. most in my field do. Hmm. It's just the old-fashioned way. Now everything I mean, is it, also it digital, sense. but it's also hard copy. Mm-hmm. I just, now, yeah. Mitch, when you were going to mention that you didn't like the contrivances of things just being a little too convenient, uh, I did think that for a split second when um, Bertie invites uh, Bubba for some hot chocolate and she mentions that she has quite the sweet tooth. Oh yeah. I was like, eh, yeah. eh. <laughs> yeah. She she said no. the thing. When I, when, I, when I she mean, said Jeffords it. Jeffords calls him sweet tooth over and over. <laughs> what like, okay. I just I know I know I'm 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 with you guys on this one because like I I talked about it before, but at the end of Game of Thrones, where he sits down and he writes the book, The Song of Ice, uh, Song of Ice and Fire, I was like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> you hey, have to earn that kind of thing. And Lord of the Rings not. did it. Lord of the Rings did it, too. They earned it. Okay. 
They earned it. I mean, when you sit down and you watch episode six and, you know, uh, Luke sits down to write Star Wars, like it's <laughs> it's earned there too. You know, <laughs> there was a, th- this is completely tangential, but <laughs> Luke writes Star Wars. Actually, no, if Luke wrote down the story, it would have been called The Star Wars uh, from the Journal of the Wills, written by Mace Bendu. Wow. Oh, man. That would have been the in-canon version of that story. No, um, there, was a, there was a movie I remember that really pissed me off, because it wasn't a particularly good movie. It was with Clive Owen and Jennifer Aniston, and it was called Derailed. Mm-hmm. And I think the only reason it was called that was because there's just a couple of scenes that take place in like a subway or something, or a metro. And within the story, a different character writes like the story within the story, but he calls it sidetracked, which makes more sense with the overall story. But I feel like somebody along the lines, like the studio person was like, sidetracked sounds dumb. Don't call it derailed. That sounds more exciting. There's no derailment. This literally makes more sense to like call it sidetracked because that's kind of more of what happens and it makes sense. But you, it, it just does. It's stupid. I hate it. I don't even studio, remember. Studio notes are awful. <laughs> so you're what, saying what, that we're going at the end of this last ep- next episode. Bear is going to sit down, and there's going to be a book called Sweet Tooth. Or did Bubba <laughs> write that book already? He already has it. Yeah, he drew it with his little kid drawings that he did. He fulfilled his dream after all. I hope not. So, Stephen, what were you about to say? Oh, no, I was going to do another tangent thing about studio notes being awful. I found out one about uh, Superman Returns this week that I cannot believe. <laughs> okay. I, I want to hear this. It's the, there was a production note thing where I, it had to have been in the scripting phase. But they said some high up person and all the studios had this idea that Superman would lose his cape. And for half of the movie, he couldn't fly. Because it was the cape that makes him fly. Yeah. <laughs> that, that sounds like a holdover from the uh, Kevin Smith version. Yeah, because no capes and no flying. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, as we see that we can go off on tangents because there's not a lot in this episode. It's, it's, it's the filler episode. It's the, back, it's the backstory episode. It's to get us you know what the though? It final episode. This episode, though, oh yeah, penultimate episode, yay! Said the word. Um, so <laughs> this one, <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually thought, at least so far, this has been my favorite episode. Most of the time, I'm browsing my phone or like kind of like barely at attention, but I was like on edge on this one, like wanting to see what happened and the dynamic between Birdie and Pubba. To me, was actually kind of appealing. I like that whole thing. Um, it's just, I, I was kind of into it now. I'm like, okay, this is the show I want to see. Hmm. I just know that there is no way they are going to satisfactorily wrap this up in the next episode. No, Cause we still need to meet Amy at the zoo and cross over with Dr. Sings and, uh, Dr. Our general Abbott and find a cure general to Abbott, the yeah. sick. I mean, it's yeah. not going to happen. Well, that's not happening. That's no. for damn sure. Yeah, no, no. And we know that there's a season two coming. So it's, I don't it's believe gonna we're going to get a cliffhanger. Garbage. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's going to be unsatisfactory for sure. Like, all I want no... is to see Bobby one more time. That's it, guys. That's all, <laughs> that's all I need. I can do without Bobby. <laughs> I feel like you're going to see like some a piece of peril that reminds you of Bobby before you get to see Bobby again, unfortunately. No. No, you know what Bobby looks like? He looks like one of those, uh, uh, what is the name of that kid's book series? The... It's like Alvin and the Chickmunks. No, no. Say, he looks like you know. He looks like the gopher from Caddyshack. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does that. He does, but no. There's, there's, there's that kids' book series. I think it's called Critters or something. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what that. They're, that's they're what like, Bobby looks like. They're like a corollary to the Berenstain Bears. Yeah, yeah. Except that they're like, like a, they're, what's a contemporary? Con- yeah, basically, and that's yeah, what Bobby critters. reminded me of. Little critters, yeah, something like that. <laughs> I love those books so much. <laughs> and that's what this yeah. is basically. It's like a like a it's a kid's story being passed off as a comic book that is now being adapted into live action Netflix original. I mean it's a little bit darker though than for a kid's story. Hey, some kids' stories are dark. Kid story. <laughs> yeah. Well like a kid's story written now. Yeah. If we're not we're not talking about like a kid's story from back when like Rumblestilskin got into some shit. Yeah, this isn't a brother's crim, but <laughs> <laughs> close enough. No, um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm at a spot right now where I'm I'm as much as I like to know the background details of things, the inner workings of this or that. Knowing that there's a second season coming, or any real world details paired with a series, has really taken a lot of the fun out of a lot of series because a series that might have surprised you in a different time because you're like, you get to the end of the season. You're like, how are they going to wrap this up? Oh, they didn't. Oh, they're getting a season two. Okay. Okay. Is now like, well, now we know that they're not going to wrap this up. I guess we'll have to wait till season two. It's, it's less fun. I'm kind of enjoying the week to week kind of thing that's happening with some TV shows. And I hope we get to more of a spot where, people are able to play some of the information a little closer to the vest with some of those shows that are coming out week to week. That's fair. Uh, any predictions going into the last episode other than we're not going to be satisfied? I'll never be satisfied. <laughs> I hope that if they have to sacrifice a hybrid to save Mrs. Singh, I'd be okay with it being Bobby. Wow. It probably would be Bobby. <laughs> Honestly, it would probably be Bobby or one of the other kids that got away with Pigtail. But yeah. I don't think it'll be one of the other kids. They didn't make us care about them. We just got Bobby's fugly ass. <laughs> <laughs> I so bizarre. I don't think we're going to even get to that stage. I think the episode's going to end with them all ending up in the same place. Mm-hmm. And that'll be the end. Like, the, like it's like a like We're a Reese's peanut butter commercial situation. You got some of your pigtail in my sweet tooth. Some of my sweet tooth in your pigtail. <laughs> I mean, in a show that's about geneticists and stuff like that, you might want to be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna crisper them up together. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was gonna say, like, I don't condone this type of uh, thought path. But some of those hybrids probably taste good. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. I don't think... Well, it, it, 
if we're keeping in line with the the closest thing that we have to human flesh being Pig. pigs, then yeah, no, humans probably taste pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this took a real dark turn. <laughs> I blame Doctor Who or Doctor Strange. (laughs) If you take anything away from today's episode, it's that Bobby's the best character of this whole TV show and bacon is delicious. Mm. Well, there you go. And it's okay if you steal a picture here and there. Nope. Nope. No, it is not. It is really not. It is not okay. It is unacceptable. (laughs) Not only is it theft, it's also creepy. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) It's first and foremost creepy, then (laughs) theft. I also feel like the actor who plays Sweet Tooth like hit a hit a growth spurt while filming this, and it's really <laughs> apparent in this episode. Yeah, I could see that. Mm, kids do that. Maybe. He he did he. Um, I'm not trying to like nitpick a kid's acting ability because I would have been terrible through and through at acting. But he gave a bit of his like worst acting in this episode. Which part? When he when he said like the you're not my dad. Oh. The tantrum. It was. It was pretty rough. Yeah, that's not usually easy to, to to pull off. So, I think it was more the dialogue. Mm-hmm, that's fair. It wasn't yeah. great. All right. Well, if you want to talk to me about more of this show or anything else that we talked about this episode, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia GEM. GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. Stephen, where can people find you online? Uh, I'm not on social media still at this point. Like I'm trying to figure my life out, <laughs> but other than that, uh, I g- go check out geekly on Twitter. John, you can hit me up on Twitter. I am at Magic Bollocks. Uh, send me some of your cringe uh, creeper stories. No, we do not need to be sharing those. It's <laughs> going yeah. to him. <laughs> You, but, but, like in this situation, you're basically starting that. a support a support group for like. <laughs> no, no, no. We're we're all like each other. Yes, it, it, being creepy is not against the law, even if being creepy makes you break the law sometimes. Okay, okay, yeah. No, I'm glad you still related them. That's, that's good. <laughs> and Elizabeth, you can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media and our Facebook page forward slash Geek Elite Media. Check out our website, geekleapmedia.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network. Go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash geekleapmedia, for exclusive material that you can only get if you're one of our patrons. And whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, please rate and review us. It helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.